Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine and sponsored by Steer. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. And welcome to this week's In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey alongside your host, Kim Bellotto. Kim, welcome to the show this week. And I've got to apologize ahead of time. My, my voice is a little raspy today. Um, yelling at the TV all night, Saturday or Tuesday night has got me a little raspy, but it's all good. You might have been screaming, but I was basically just cheering. It was a great night, wasn't it? Well, they kept us in suspense all night. I know. I stayed up till 3, 3.30 in the morning watching everything. Hey, some great things going on with Shell Magazine. New issues coming out. Let's talk about it. Well, you know, this issue is, every issue is very important to us, but this is one that truly um, makes me happy because um, it's a company that we have just this great relationship. Um, Halliburton, you know, after their um, breakup with Baker Hughes, um, a lot of... There was a lot of uncertainty with these with Halliburton and its decision making and its uh, role models. Of course, I never thought that, but it gave me great pleasure to uh, bring to our listeners and our reader the president of Halliburton, Jeff Miller. So that is who was on our cover. Um, and when you read this issue, you really get the sense and the understanding that Halliburton couldn't be in better hands. Um, the management is amazing, and this organization and the company is amazing and they are going up, 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 up. So they didn't skip a beat. Um, Great article with Jeff Miller. Let's talk about some of the other things in the magazine. Well, we have two new things that are in there that are actually Shell product line. One of them is actually, uh, you know, we have these specialized guns. The majority of our readers are uh, enjoy hunting, rather it be a male and female. And uh, the one thing that we wanted to do... Oh, you're, you're talking Henry repeating arms. Yes. Those beautiful... Eagle Ford shale guns. And Permian and Basin guns. And Permian Basin gun. guns. Ah, now I know what With all these about. beautiful metal on them, they are engraved, they have 14 karat gold, they have nickel plating, and they are basically a one-of-a-kind collector series gun celebrating the shell revolution that's occurring within the United States and North America. That being said, we also have created a shell wine. Um, and I know that sounds a little strange, so go with me on this, but... A lot of people work in this energy industry, Um, and some are blue-collar, some are white-collar, administrative, executives. They're all over the place, but we really want to celebrate what's happening here in the United States, and so we decided to create, to celebrate what's happening here, wine, and so we have an amazing uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. It's a gold a double gold winner, so it tastes fabulous. And we also have Pinot Grigio. We have a uh, raspberry and almond sparkling wine. And the winery has won over 65 different medals. So this is a really, these are really, really good wines. I'm very proud of them. Um, We've gotten a lot of interest. Uh, We do wine samplings. We really want to encourage people celebrating our march, if you will, onto energy independence through the Shell Revolution. Yeah, before the show, Fernando and I were were kind of looking around the wine cellar, and we couldn't find a corkscrew. So next week, I'll bring <laughs> one with me. Exactly. Try not to drink too much wine before we start the show. Let's talk teak. Texas Energy Advocates Coalition is well on its way, 
But you know, Alvin, the importance of why we need to, this is my opinion, we all need to understand that energy is such an important thing to Texas. And our legislators only meet every two years. And they have to make a lot of decisions in a very short period of time. And a lot of those decisions that are made every two years affect us for the next two years. And they so these can have really big outcomes every session. We have really big outcomes for the energy industry. And what we want to do with Teak and what we've been doing is we want to set up a way for businesses like yours and mine and and people in the energy field and people in the business field come together, network, and grow their businesses throughout the year. But then when session time comes, this is time for us to get together, rally at the Capitol, and come together and talk about how important energy is to our elected officials that, you know what, we sent them to Austin and we want them to hear our opinion. Absolutely. And in January is the Sunset Review. It's very important. How many times have we had shows where we've brought either Wayne Christian, uh, Commissioner Sinton, Commissioner Porter on, and we've talked about what the Railroad Commission is, is, is looking at by this review that, by the way, they normally only have every so often, every seven years, and they've had it almost every single year. The Sunset Review is looking at them and trying to figure out how to tweak them to be better. In my opinion, there's nothing wrong with them. Leave the Texas Railroad Commission alone. But they need to hear that voice from us as a group, the Texas Energy Advocates Coalition, TEAK, this session, that, you know, these things matter. They are doing a good job. Don't dismantle the organization or, or the commission, if you will. And it's free to join. It's free to join. Go to shalemag.com. That's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G, shalemag.com. Click on the Teak button. It's absolutely free to join. The industry needs your voice. So please log on and join. And while you're there, check out the Shale mobile app. Kim, let's talk about that. You know, Alvin, um, we have um, the ability now to put everybody's business that joins Teak into our directory. The directory is something that it's downloaded on uh, all these guys that are out in the field, the energy field, uh, rather it's the Eagle Ford or Permian Basin. It's GPS equipped. And so when they download it on their phone, they push a button and they can look and see wherever they are, what's the closest restaurant, hotel, if you need your tire fixed, if you need an oil change, if, whatever you need, these businesses are in there and they are locating uh, the closest ones to you through our map. Yeah, if you need to buy app. a new Ford pickup or a fleet of Ford pickups. They're going to send you right to the closest closest Calic Auto Group. There you go. <laughs> Christmas Bazaar. We were talking about this off the air just a little bit, and and this is the first I've heard of the Christmas Bazaar, but I want to hear more about it because now you have shale wine. Well, you know, we're growing our brand is what's happening here. So there's a lot of things, moving parts in Shell Magazine. You know, Teak has a bunch of volunteers that want to continue to put mixers together so that way they can continue to grow their own businesses and their own brand. And you know what, Alvin? We at Shell Magazine support that. And so this Christmas Bazaar was an idea from one of our committee members that said, hey, wouldn't it be nice if we could sample our latest new wine, but also provide a vehicle for networking and create a little bit of a Christmas environment. And so this is going to be one of these great Christmas Bazaars that vendors can come in, they can put out their display of Christmas goodies, there'll be Christmas uh, artwork and crafts and baskets. But more importantly, 
members can come in and join and they can network together and they can sample the shell wine. So we're pretty excited about it. And again, to join Teak, it's free. It's absolutely free. What's Is it going to cost anything to come to the Christmas Bazaar? No, it's not. It's free. And we're going to have more information about this in the, in the upcoming shows, so be sure and stay tuned to in the oil patch. And, and also keep watching online at shalemag.com. Go to shalemag.com, click on the Teak button, and just, you know, browse around the site. Talk about the site when you log on, Kim, to shalemag.com. What, what is the user going to see when the page pops up? The user sees on the Shell website, first of all, our magazine, which is who we, tr- we really are. We are a publication. But you'll also find on there that we're an advocacy group as well. So you will find Teak. You will find the mobile app that they can uh, go and get more information. You'll also find that there's information on there for um, a shopping area where they can purchase the wine direct or they can get information on the shell guns. And as we start growing our merchandise line, that shopping uh, tab will grow. But there's just a lot in Shell Magazine. We have a lot of different departments within the within our company, and it's growing. But Teak is the fastest growing networking for oil and gas and businesses um, that we have moving right now. Uh, there are so many people that want to network with oil and gas in the business sector. And so for me, what I believe is if you want to grow your business, you know, how much does it cost to advertise in Shell Magazine? It can be pretty pricey. To get on the radio show can be pretty pricey with commercials. Teak is free. Take advantage of it. Because if you're not, nobody's, no one is hearing your business. No one is hearing who you are. And this is why Teak is around, is to help everyone grow and network together. Absolutely. And once again, at shalemag.com. Kim, today is going to be a great show. We're going to have an election recap show with a very special guest coming up in the next segment, our, our resident oil and gas and political expert, David Blackman. He'll be with us next segment, and we want you to be with us as well, but we do need to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey alongside Kim Bellotto, and we'll be right back. The Future of the Region South Texas Conference is coming up November 14th and 15th at the UTSA Downtown Campus in beautiful San Antonio, Texas. This is the premier economic development conference that you don't want to miss. We've got the greatest lineup of speakers ready to give you the latest information and updates for the South Texas region that include workforce, energy, economic development, border issues, infrastructure, water, safety, transportation, and health. Tickets and sponsorships can be purchased at Future Region stx.org. Again, that's futureregionstx.org. See you there. Hey, oil and gas friends, Alvin Bailey here. You know, every week, Kim and I work really hard to bring you up to speed with what's going on out here in the Texas oil patch. I also want to take just a minute to talk to you about your fleet needs. Whether you have one truck or 1,000 trucks in your fleet, I can help you. Call me when you have a minute and let's talk trucks. Did you know that the Kalig Auto Group offers pickup and delivery right from our service departments? And I'll bring the dealership right to your desk. You don't need to drop what you're doing and come waste hours and hours of your valuable time haggling over pennies. I have a very transparent process with a simple pricing formula that ensures you're always going to get a very competitive price and the very best service available in the industry. So call me today, area code 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656, and let's talk. 
The Kalig Auto Group has Ford and Ram trucks for your heavy-duty needs. We also carry Mazda, Subaru, Volkswagen, Jeep, even Lincoln and Lexus for your luxury needs, and we have an Audi store coming soon. So whether you need work trucks for your day-to-day business or a new Lincoln or Lexus for you personally, call me. My cell number is 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656. Or you can always email me, abailey at kaligauto.com. That's A Bailey, B A I L E Y, at Kalig, K A H L I G, auto, A U T O, dot com. I look forward to seeing you down the road. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S H A L E, mag, M A G, dot com. Or you can call us. 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. Welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey alongside Kim Bellato and our resident oil, gas, and political expert, David Blackman. David, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. You know, David, um, we just finished up the elections, and we do have a new president. Of course, by the time the show airs, uh, everyone will know that uh, Donald Trump is our uh, elected president. And, um, you know, you and I have talked for about six, seven months trying to help the listeners understand what was really at stake for uh, the energy sector, Texas. So the first thing, first thing I want to ask you is, you know, you've been in energy a long time. Um, you're a very experienced person with DB Energy, um, and you've done a lot of consulting for major Fortune 500 uh, companies, uh, energy companies. So, uh, you know, your opinion is very important. It's not just an opinion. It's an educated opinion by the markets. Tell me, you know, over the past eight years, the administration that we've had, how how bad were the policies that Obama was bringing in? How bad were they on the energy industry? Give me some points of what was happening. The worst part. Sure, you know, it's 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 been uh, a very restrictive eight years. I think is the best way to put it. Um, it's been a very different eight years than what we had, for example, during the Clinton eight years in office uh, during uh, the Clinton administration. Uh, the oil and gas industry, um, you know, was able to accomplish a lot of things in Washington that were good for the country and for the industry both. Uh, uh, and, you know, uh, federal lands were broadly uh, offered for leasing um, under the policies of the Clinton administration. And you could get meetings with people at the Department of Interior and the Environmental Protection Agency and work with them cooperatively uh, on issues that were important, you know, to everyone. Um, In this administration, uh, it has been very difficult to even get meetings at DOJ or, I'm sorry, DOI or uh, or the EPA or or at the White House. Um, And when you do get meetings, you uh, find that, you know, you don't have an audience that's really interested in listening to you or working with you. this administration has set aside uh, broad swaths of, of federal lands and waters in the United States off limits to, to leasing and exploration for oil and gas. And, uh, you know, as a result of that, uh, production on federal lands has fallen dramatically uh, during the last eight years, while production on state and, and 
fee lands, private lands, has has uh, exploded, frankly, thanks to the shell revolution. So, you know, that's one thing. I wanted to ask you about the shell revolution because it was on his watch that basically it kind of exploded into this, you know, shale plays all over the North America. And under his watch, you know, had the shell revolution not occurred, the um, economic impact that we um, were having when he took office and helping us pull ourselves out of that had to, had everything directly to do with the the explosion, if you will, of the shell revolution. Would you not agree? Correct. Yes. Absolutely. And out of that, you know, when he was able to take credit for jobs being produced and the economy is doing well, how much of an impact did this administration, the Obama administration, have on the uh, the other countries that also have oil in their best interests, like Saudi Arabia and Iran? You know, would we in your honest opinion, would we be having the slowdown here in the United States that we have right now had Obama not been so liberal with his policies on foreign oil and um, and basically, you know, creating this Iran deal? Well, uh, there's no doubt that the, the Iran executive order um, that he put in the, the agreement, I guess, it was via an executive order because he knew he couldn't get a treaty done in the Senate. Um there's no question that that has enabled Iran to put almost a million barrels a day of additional oil onto the market. And given that, there's no question that it has had the effect of prolonging uh, the price collapse. Um, I don't think you could make a case that Obama's policies caused the price collapse. That, that was directly caused by Saudi Arabia uh, dramatically increasing its production in order to you know, try to kill the shale industry in the United States. and uh, But there was a limit to how much oil the Saudis could put on the market uh, voluntarily, and, and the, the deal that the president and his secretary of state stuck, struck with Iran last year has uh, really had a major impact in uh, ensuring that the oil bust will be prolonged. Um, had that agreement not gone into effect. In fact, I, I think you could make a really strong case that the price of oil would be well above $60 by now. Uh, and then we'd be well into a recovery. And would the relevance of that been that probably the Democrats would have been in a much better position for the election had he not done that Iran deal because we would be booming with work? In the United States, more well, than likely. Yeah, that, and I just think it was a generally unpopular thing for him to be doing, um, which always made me wonder why in the world he was actually doing it. But uh, I, I do think that harmed Mrs. Clinton in her chances of winning the election just because, like Obamacare, uh, which Mrs. Clinton had nothing to do with, uh, but the collapse of Obamacare over the last month also harmed her candidacy because she's uh, part of the same political party. So, yeah, I do think it really hurt their chances. Well, David, we need to take a quick break. When we come back, though, I, I want to talk about the election and I want to talk about polling. And 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 I want you to explain to us, you, you called the election and you've done it for weeks and weeks and weeks, but and the polls were wrong. And when we come back from the break, can you explain why the polls were wrong to us? You're listening to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey, alongside your host, Kim Bellotto, visiting with our resident oil and gas expert, David Blackman, and we'll be right back. Psst. Hey, you. 
Do you want to go to the fastest growing oil and gas mixer in Texas? Ma'am, I'm all for growing my business, so you got my attention, but what is Teak? Teak is the Texas Energy Advocate Coalition, and we hold free business mixers to help businesses grow and network. Is there a fee to join? Not for the next 90 days. It's completely free. So there's no charge to join, no charge to attend mixers, but we do want like-minded individuals to attend who are interested in growing their business and networking. Well, I want to join. Where do I go? You go to shellmag.com slash teak, T-E-A-C, and click the join link. Enter your information and we'll get you set up. So let me write this down. That's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G dot com slash T-E-A-C. Yes. Well, that sounds good. I'll see you at the next mixer. Great companies take great care of their employees. Ensure the well-being of your workforce with Baptist Healthy Solutions, your answer to convenient and affordable health care that comes to you. Our mobile health unit delivers on-site, state-of-the-art, comprehensive care that keeps your employees healthy from the day they're hired to the time they retire. From pre-employment screenings to routine immunizations to on-site injury care and more, trust Baptist Healthy Solutions with your employees' health care needs, health care that comes to you. Call 1-866-334-2485. Again, that's 1-866-334-2485. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey alongside your host, Kim Bellotto, with our resident oil and gas expert and political expert on the line with us today, David Blackman. David, hey, you, you told the audience last week when we talked that you expected Trump to win, and you've said that all along, and... That's really that's what happened, even though the polls indicated that Hillary would be the winner. Can you explain to us why the polls were so wrong? Well, um, yeah, I think I can, actually. Uh, I think it's just because um, the organizations, uh, you know, who conduct the polling are located in the same major cities, New York City, Washington, D.C., and Los Angeles, that are the media centers centers of the country and the political centers of the country, and they're all a part of the same establishment, political establishment class. Uh, they go to the same parties, they hang out the same, you know, uh, nightclubs, they all know one another, and they all live in their little bubble that they never get outside of. And so people in New York City and in Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., have never actually lived in flyover country, right, which is the other 48 states of the United States. And if you don't live in flyover country, how can and never spend any time there, how can you possibly have any idea what real attitudes are among the people who live there? And so they, they have no context, first of all, for, you know, um, how a majority of people outside of those media centers actually think and feel and live their daily lives. That's one thing. And so it causes, it causes them to discount uh, dissatisfied people, people who have been dissatisfied with the way things have gone, not just the last eight years, but really the last 28 years. Uh, as this country has engaged uh, in the post-Reagan years in, in a move towards internationalism and open borders and, you know, which has resulted in a lot of jobs going overseas and, and, and a lot of blue-collar workers being out of work who used to vote Democrat constantly and and what we saw Tuesday night was all those blue collar workers who've lost their jobs to to you know uh, other countries coming out and voting for Donald Trump in places like Michigan, 
which went Republican, and Wisconsin, which went Republican, and Minnesota, which almost went Republican, but didn't quite. In Ohio, where he won by over 350,000 votes in a state that uh, has gone back and forth between the parties. Uh, and in Pennsylvania, probably the biggest surprise of the whole election was Pennsylvania uh, voting for a Republican. Uh, and that's direct cause of not just blue-collar workers, but also the current administration killing the coal industry with its heavy regulatory policies. And so, you know, if you have context for all that, if you live in the real America and not in these media centers, you can see all that happening and and see that the pollsters are not doing anything to really account for that. You know, the, the main thing that made the polls wrong is that virtually all of them, with just a few exceptions, had a, a sampling model that assumed the voters would would be demographically exactly the same as they were in the 2012 election. And so that's And who that's believes sort of a, that, though? I mean, who believes? That's well, like I, saying that you are not going to change, uh, you know, the way you're thinking for four years. Nothing in your life is going to change. Right. You're just going to really continue to think exactly the way you think four yeah. years later. There is no exactly. one on the planet that and I could that, even imagine is that out, out of touch with reality. No one's going to think the same four years later. Well, I right. think what we're saying here is, you know, this is a movement not against Democrats or not, you know, for Republicans. This is a movement against the establishment. And this is the draining of the swamp that Trump was talking about. Well, exactly. And, and that's exactly right. That's a really good, strong point here is that the thing that gave rise to Trump in the first place was not a, a, a necessarily a dissatisfaction or opposition to the current administration, but a dissatisfaction among blue-collar voters who had voted for Republicans in the last two election cycles for Congress, a dissatisfaction with the Republican establishment in Washington. That's what gave rise to Trump in the first place and enabled him to win the nomination. And that part of it, uh, in watching the news coverage over the last couple of days, is really getting overlooked. Um, and I, I think that the Republican leadership is has been put on notice every bit as much as the Democratic leadership has in Washington. You know, I agree. Um, I'm hearing a lot of, uh, you know, of social media, our, our platforms are all kind of going crazy with, of course, the D's being so upset that they need time out, they need cry rooms, and we are seeing... Um, college kids walking on bridges, walking on, walking on freeways and shutting them down. And then, of course, the, the Republicans coming and running home now that didn't run, weren't smart enough to run home uh, before the election. And then, of course, now we have the Trumpers who I think are either probably an independent party outside of the Republican Party, possibly, if the Republicans don't really get Trump's message. And I want to get back on that. <laughs> I want to get back on that, but we have to take a real quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch, and we will be right back. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that will keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey, alongside your host, Kim Mulatto, visiting with David Blackman, our resident oil and gas and political expert here on In the Oil Patch. And Kim, I, I think you want to stay on the, uh, the Trumpster movement for a little bit, don't you? Yeah. Well, you know, Alvin, I don't know, and David, I don't know if you all feel the way I feel, but... You know, if if our audience could see that I am just 
smiling from ear to ear of what's happened and not because I supported Trump so much. It's because I really feel as an independent that my voice was heard this time because I don't think that I would necessarily line up with all of the Republican beliefs and I don't line up with the Democratic belief. I I follow a candidate and I follow, uh, you know, good leadership and that they listen to the people who sent them to Washington to help their communities. And I do believe that Trump got that message from the United States. And this is why, of course, he ran as a Republican, but this is why we saw the whole entire United States completely just about turn red. But the point I'm asking, David and and Alvin, y'all's opinion, do you think we have, if the Republican Party does not latch on to the movement that Trump has, has, you know, brought or revived, um, is there another movement out there? Is there another party that's coming forward um, as a result of it? Yeah, and that's where I would want to expand on that question with with Kim and and with you, David. Is this a new party emerging? Well, it could be. Uh, And I think it's important for everyone to understand that uh, uh, the victory by Donald Trump was not a victory of conservative republicanism. It was a victory of of a kind of... uh, uh, middle-of-the-road populism, for lack of a better word, or pro-American, pro-America populism rather than an internationalist uh, kind of conservative republicanism that we've seen over the last 28 years. And uh, uh, it's, a, it's a completely different set of, of, of policy priorities, frankly. Although I think where energy is concerned, it will be more of a conservative move uh, against overregulation of the industry. I think just as a general thing, uh, the conservatives in Congress, in the House of Representatives, are not going to like a lot of what Donald Trump wants to accomplish as president. And the internationalists who are in favor of, you know, with the Chamber of Commerce, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, for example, which is in favor of continuing you know, a policy of open borders because they want the, the labor to be coming in to the United States. Um, you know, they're going to be disappointed. Uh, they're not going to, to like a lot of what Trump proposes in that area. Free traders are not going to like a lot of what Trump wants to get done. So it's a different thing than, say, when Ronald Reagan was elected in 1980, which was a pure conservative Republican ideology. And let, let's stay on that for a second and, and talk policy. We're going to have two years with a, a Republican president and Republican majorities in both houses of Congress. How do you think that's going to impact energy policy at, at the federal level, not state, but the federal level in terms of new legislation getting passed or new legis- or, or bad legislation getting, getting overturned? Um, you know, the, the interesting part is that I don't think there's going to be a lot of legislation other than tax policy, that really impacts the energy industry. I think most of what's going to change is is on the regulatory side. It's the Environmental Protection Agency and the Department of Interior. So the bureaucracy Um, is is what you're saying? The bureaucracy, right, because that's where Obama has gotten everything done uh, because he couldn't get anything through Congress. So basically the EPA, for example, implemented uh, the Waters of the U.S. regulation, which you know, was this immense expansion of their regulatory scope over waters uh, here in the United States. Uh, It's been tied up in the courts. It would be very easy for President Trump, upon assuming office, to tell the Department of Justice to stop 
the government's current appeal, uh, there was a district court decision that put a stay on implementation of that rule. And uh, he could easily, upon assuming office, tell the Department of Justice to withdraw the government's appeal of that case, and that regulation would die. Um, so, you know, that kind of the same thing is true of the Department of Interior's hydraulic fracturing regulation. It also is subject to a stay from a federal district court. And upon assuming office, you know, President Trump could tell DOJ to stand down on that case, too. So that's the kind of thing I think that could impact the energy policy more than legislation um, in the next administration. Well, David, I want to talk about these executive orders. There were so many executive orders that President Obama signed that really, it impacted us in, in very negative ways. And uh, obviously he did it because he couldn't get it through, um, you know, Congress. But one of the ones specifically was this Iran deal. And, you know, there's been so much in the media about the Iran deal, the money that was paid to them, the deal that was struck, how much they can, uh, the sanctions that were lifted, how much oil are they producing and how fast are they producing. I really want to try to understand what happens in when Trump walks in on day one and he just repeals all of the executive orders. Well, it, it, it'll be interesting. I mean, he did promise to uh, on day one. Uh, repeal the Iran deal. Um, but you know, what does that but, look like? I mean, I, I am like so excited to hear that, but I have no clue how to wrap my head around what does that look like. I mean, we gave well uh, so much money the to thing. them, and right. Uh, and so the question is, okay, so so what the Iran deal did was they freed up 150 billion dollars, I think, of Iranian funds that were had been uh, held up in banks around the world and uh, here in the U.S. And uh, and it also enabled them to begin putting, exporting oil onto the open market because we withdrew sanctions um, that uh, our country and other countries had had implemented against Iran and prevented them from, from loading oil on the tankers and shipping it out of there through the Straits of Hormuz. And so now, well, if Trump rescinds the executive order, um, well, that doesn't necessarily mean that Iran can no longer export oil because there were other countries that were a party to those sanctions. And uh, just because the United States says the deal is null and void, that doesn't mean, for example, Russia is going to do that and the other countries that were a party to, to those sanctions are going to do that. So, well, you know, we I want to discuss, though, since the it's almost like the cat is out of the bag, how do we put the cat back in the bag? Um, and when we come back from break, I want to try to figure out if there's a reasonable way of doing this or are we just stuck with uh, the Iran deal. You are listening to In the Oil Patch, and we will be right back. Hi, I'm Rita Stitch, Chairman of the Let's Rodeo Ball Committee. I would like to invite you to the upcoming Let's Rodeo Ball. This fundraising event will benefit the San Antonio Livestock Exposition, Inc. Scholarship Fund and will take place on January 21st, 2017 from 6.30 to 11.30 p.m. at the Joe and Harry Freeman Coliseum in beautiful downtown San Antonio. Our entertainment will be provided by country superstars Gary Allen, Neil McCoy, and up-and-coming country artist Brett Mullen. 
Islands. Tickets and sponsorships are available and include dinner and open bar. So get your tickets now. Please call 210-225-5851 or visit sarodeo.com and click on the Let's Rodeo Ball picture. We hope to see you there. Amerijet's global cargo network is ready to take care of all your shipping needs. With over 40 years of experience in the energy industry, we will help drive your excellent performance. Shipping general cargo, oversized, heavy lift, hazardous material, or mission-critical cargo? Amerijet is your full-service logistics provider, offering air charter, airport-to-airport, cross-border trucking, and express shipping. Amerijet will connect your company to over 30 major cities in the U.S. with more than 625 destinations worldwide. We provide global transportation solutions throughout the Americas, Mexico, the Caribbean, Europe, Asia, and the Middle East. Your company will benefit from compliance with the highest safety and environmental standards, 24-7 security and surveillance, and online tracking. Let Amerijet's global team ensure the safe delivery of your cargo. For the best in customer satisfaction, Amerijet Houston is your commercial shipping partner. Call Amerijet at 281-617-2187 or visit us at Amerijet.com. Once again, that's 281-617-2187 or visit us at Amerijet.com. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey here with Kim Bellotto and David Blackman. Kim? David, before the break, we were talking about the Iran deal. What do you see happening? Does this just continue? Is it just the status quo? It is what it is? Are there any areas that you see that we might be able to cut the production? Will OPEC have any ability to help in this area as well? Well, you know, there are a lot of moving parts there, and a lot of is going to depend on, uh, you know, how... uh, Aggressive, the Trump administration wants to be with Iran. We have to remember Iran is, is an ally of Russia, and Trump has been, you know, is, is very interested in reestablishing strong diplomatic relations with Russia. And so that's going to also play a role in, in the whole Iran thing. So I, I just, it, it's, it's hard to know. It's one thing to say all these things in a political campaign, and then when you become president, things get real complicated real fast. Right. So. David, you know, we, we talked about, we've talked about the presidential election, but let's, let's slow down for a second and talk in, in this last segment and talk about the election recap because we've got guys like Will Hurd that were re- reelected that are very important to this industry and Wayne Christian's our new railroad commissioner. Railroad commission with the Sunset Review coming up, this is a very important position for him. Let's talk about some of the winners and losers in the, that, that won or lost Tuesday night. Well, Will Hurd certainly, uh, I think you'd have to say, was the biggest winner in, in state politics in Texas. He had the toughest congressional district by far and the toughest race with the previous incumbent, Mr. Gallego, running against him, and, uh, you know, who's also a good man and was a good congressman. And, and, and so you know, Mr. Hurd, Congressman Hurd, winning that election was a big thing and, and uh, really happy for him. He's. Uh, a strong, strong voice for that district in Congress. Uh, he has most of the Permian Basin in that district, and so he's very, very important advocate for the oil and gas industry. And I think it's, you know, it's important to the industry to have a member of the majority party in Congress uh, in that seat and, and representing the Permian Basin. So that was fantastic. And, of course, Mr. Christian, you know, has been in state government for a long time, uh, before he uh, left his uh, uh, state representative seat several years ago and uh, understands how Austin worked. He's going to be a strong railroad commissioner. He understands the industry. Um, And I think he'll be a really effective advocate for the commission during the sunset review process, which uh, 
you know, keeping our fingers crossed, looks like it's going to go well. And who who are some of the losers Tuesday night? Well, you know, I mean, it was an interesting election in Texas. Most so many of these congressional districts and, and uh, state senate, state house districts are are uh, are so lopsided that there weren't any upsets really. I mean, I think the Republican Party probably would have to be the big winner again. Uh, it won the only statewide election. It maintained an almost two thirds majority in the Senate and an almost two thirds majority in the House. So, um, you know, I guess you could say Governor Abbott uh, was a big winner because he'll have a, a, a legislature dominated by his own party to deal with in the next session. And, and congressionally, uh, again, there were no upsets, um, and the incumbents who were running all won and. And so it was kind of a status quo election for our state, um, including the presidential race, where, where Mr. Trump won by 10% of the vote, and, which is right in line with previous presidential elections. So, um, you know, other than the herd race and, and the railroad commission race, the, in Texas was kind of a non-event. So what's interesting is just the fact that, you know, we're starting to see a lot more Democrats voting in the larger cities and a lot more Republicans in the rural city, rural areas. And um, it had not traditionally been that way. So it'll be interesting to see how the parties evolve the next election cycle. It really will. Now, David, in closing, we've got about a minute, minute and a half left. With everything that you've been able to digest from from Tuesday night and, and through Wednesday morning, What's your outlook for oil and gas for 2017? Well, I think it'll be uh, uh, 2017 will be a good year. Um, it looks like uh, all indications are anyway that uh, the, the market will continue to fall further, closer and closer to being back in balance, and hopefully uh, prices will strengthen uh, at least to the point where we can start drilling again in the Eagle Ford Shale in a significant way. Um, from a policy standpoint, I think it you know uh, we can anticipate uh, being able to get some things done in Washington that you know the industry really wants to get done there, and, and that'll be good. And at least you know it's always better to at least be able to talk to people who are in positions of power. And uh, unfortunately, that hasn't really been the case very often in the last eight years. So that that in and of itself is always helpful. Um, so I, you know, I just, I just think uh, we're getting close to the verge of a, of a recovery. We're probably never going to see hundred dollar oil again anytime soon, but we may see sixty, sixty five dollar oil, which costs have come down so much. Really, you know, if you can get to sixty, sixty five dollar oil, most projects are economic to drill at that point. So um, that's where you have to hope to try to get. Well, David, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for coming in today and talking to us about the election, post-election coverage. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. Well, Kim, you know, it's always great to have David Blackman on the show, and I'm, I'm glad we had him more longer today than just for three to five minutes because the guy's brilliant. He's, he's an oil and gas expert, and, and he knows geopolitics. Exactly. And he's also extremely... Um, uh, easy to speak. I mean, some of the stuff is not that easy to understand of what's going on when it pertains to oil and gas and, and the fact that he can break things down to people that are outside the technical oil and gas world uh, helps me a lot understand. Oh, a lot. me too. If I, I can understand him 
anybody can understand him. So. Correct. <laughs> hey, but you know what time it is in the show? It's we're coming to the end of the show, and it's trivia time. Mm-hmm. And and I'm going to kind of steal your thunder this week a little bit because I've got a great trivia question to ask, and I'm just going to. You don't even know what it is, and I'm just going to go ahead and ask it. Be the first correct emailer to radio at shalemag.com. Again, that's radio at shalemag.com. If you're the first correct email, you'll win a $75 gift certificate to the Palm Restaurant in Houston. And here's a question this week, Kim. Earlier in the show, you said that there we might have this new political party emerging from this win. What did you call? What did Kim call this emerging party? What did she name them? Be the first correct answer to radio at shalemag.com. Again, radio at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com, and you'll win a $75 gift certificate to the Palm Restaurant in Houston, Texas. Kim, that's going to wrap the show this week. Hey, be sure and like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash in the oil patch radio show and at shale mag on Twitter, and we'll see you next week. Adios. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bellotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.